Welcome to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. Here's today's moderator, Rich Brady. Welcome to The Business of Defense, and thanks for joining us. I'm Rich Brady, your host and CEO of the American Society of Military Comptrollers. ASMC proudly sponsors this podcast on Federal News Network. ASMC is the premier educational and professional nonprofit association that helps to bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense financial management sector. My guest today is Salome Tinker, partner of TSC Enterprise. TSC is a certified public accounting and management consulting firm with expertise in all areas of accounting, auditing, tax, payroll, financial staffing, and more. Operating for nearly two decades as a minority-owned small business, TSC has been fortunate enough to have Salome as part of the team from the beginning. TSC's tagline is, we solve problems. And I'm anxious to have Salome share some examples of solutions here today. Salome, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's go back to the beginning. As I mentioned, uh, TSC's been around about uh, 20 years. Can you take us uh, back to the beginning and, and uh, what's the origin? How did TSC come together? Yeah, uh, the TSC is a partnership between my husband and I, Chris Tinker. Um, um, and after we passed the CPA exam, we said then, you know, let's rise to the pinnacle of this, this profession, let's form our own CPA firm. So we originally started as a small mom and pop accounting and tax advisory firm. Okay, so you were doing tax advisory work. Was it primarily for individuals or individuals, small businesses? Small businesses, uh, the community. We call it, we were community-based, um, okay. serving, you know, the greater D.C. area. All right. And then how did that uh, then transform into the federal space? Did uh, Was there a jump between uh, the, the, the personal and the small business to state, local, and then federal? Or talk a little bit about that transformation. Yeah, in 27, well, I was, a, a I guess, a quasi-partner. Uh, it was more so my... My husband, who was the managing partner, and in 2017, I guess I hit a pinnacle and said, you know, I'm getting old and I'm, I'm working with all of these people. I was at the AICPA um, working with a lot of partners in the big four firms. Um, I said, if, you know, if there's now a time to jump, you know, let me come in and try to grow the federal sector practice. So um, 2017, I left the AICPA and came in to, to do just that. And, and talk about, was it a difficult transition from, again, doing kind of individual taxes, doing, you know, that type of work, and then going into federal work? I mean, the foundation is probably the same, you know, the standards and accounting and yep. everything, but uh, it, it's much different work on a day-to-day -day basis. It was difficult because, again, my um, entire, I guess, for a couple of short stints at, um, at the Federal Reserve Board, but my entire career was around corporate accounting, corporate audit, um, and so coming in, it really was a retooling of, of understanding from the overarching concepts and standards, they're the same, but there are some nuances in the federal space that I had to learn. So it was just very diligent and just trying to get out there and absorb as much information as I could so that our firm could grow. And you mentioned uh, just before coming in this morning, you were meeting with a client. Uh, so what's your 30 second pitch? Uh, you, get, uh, you get to sit down or you get a few minutes uh, with a potential federal client. Uh, what's your pitch? How do you sell TSC? Our pitches, as you mentioned earlier, is just we simply solve problems. We use our, I use our corporate experience to our federal experience to try to come up with a solution, leveraging our partners when needed to just make sure that we can bring fresh, look, fresh new ideas to the to the forefront to kind of get to the most complex problems. Now, your partnerships with other firms, uh, are you primarily acting as a prime contractor or a sub uh, to another prime? Ironically, when I left and, and came into federal practice, it's very hard for a, a firm that doesn't have 
prior federal experience to kind of crack that code. So I leveraged all of the uh, experience that I had over the years as a policy writer for the AICBA and the Federal Reserve, understanding the standards, understanding um, you know what the accounting rules were, and just buckle down. And, and ironically, I have not subbed a contract yet. I'm looking forward to that opportunity, but we have been fortunate to win uh, all prime work in the federal space. Well, wow, that sounds like that's uh, that's an anomaly. Uh, from what I hear, most start out doing sub work and eventually graduate up to doing prime, but uh, it sounds like you've done just the opposite. I did just the opposite, and so our strategic goal uh, in this coming year and, and future is to try to now go back and, and get more relationships with our, our, um, our large companies to kind of partner. We are in a staffing crisis. Everyone's feeling it, and so certainly there's um, there's there's a good uh, rationale now to kind of, for everyone to collaborate right. to get the mission accomplished. Right. Now, I definitely want to come back. We'll come back to the talent management piece. I know we've got a lot to talk about there. But I want to talk about uh, your, your business structure a little bit. Uh, you're a service-disabled veteran-owned small business, I think an economically disadvantaged women-owned small business, and in the state of Maryland, a uh, military, uh, minority disadvantaged small business. So can you describe those a little bit? Uh, you know, what are those? What's the differences uh, of those? And, and ultimately what we want to get to is, you know, what, uh, what advantages do those give you as a, as a small business? Well, ultimately, we are just a disadvantaged business in several socioeconomic categories. Uh, certainly, I served, uh, and my husband served, but I served, I retired as an uh, Army uh, enlisted. And so that offered me, uh, you know, when you do 20 years, you get some kind of <laughs> residual effects coming out of the military. Um, so that offered me the opportunity to be a service-disabled veteran-owned small business. Certainly, if you look at me, I'm a woman, so uh, <laughs> you get what you get with yep. that. Um, and then, uh, again, um, Maryland is, is fortunate under the Department of Transportation to offer disadvantaged businesses as well as minority uh, uh, business enterprises so that competition could be, uh, the, the, the playing field could be leveled out, if you will. In the Maryland, it's a little bit easier to get to use those categories. Mm. Uh, the state of Maryland allows a um, 15 to 30 percent automatic uh, competition goal that must be met. And so, uh, from the perspective of there's a, a services able veteran piece there, we certainly can can provide that support. We don't like to lead with our socioeconomic categories because certainly we think we are, you know. Um, that should not be the leader, but to the extent, you know, we can serve in that capacity, we're certainly willing and able to do so. So it sounds like you also, in addition to having some federal work, you've got uh, a fair amount of state, local, or municipal work mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. And, and uh, does that help? Do you see that as an advantage maybe uh, uh, through, uh, you know, spreading the risk out a little bit uh, in your revenue streams? You get a couple state, local contracts as well as the federal? Absolutely, absolutely. One of my... Um, my subject matter expertise uh, at the AICPA was in risk and internal control. And so certainly um, as you spread out your um, touch points, you can manage your risk that well. And I will say to the state, it allowed me the opportunity because um, the, the barrier of entry into business was so low, um, it allowed the past performance and then, to your point, I could not get you know um, subcontract work. But since I had this past performance in the state, it allowed me to then present that forward and get the prime work. Now, is there are there drawbacks to being affiliated with some of these categories? I mean, when it comes to your growth uh, or how fast you're able to grow or a contract you can go after? Well, it's still very difficult to get work under those socioeconomic categories. Um, I think I've been doing this for seven years and I just won my first 
um, um, service-disabled veteran-owned contract. So it's not, again, it's not like it's a given that the, it comes to you. I've never won a woman-owned <laughs> <laughs> small business contract. So, um, but certainly it, it's, it's a tool there to leverage that, you know, however I can get into the door, right. you know, this is how you can reach me. Right, right. Uh, so then w going from here, what is your growth strategy? I mean, it sounds like, again, you've got some federal work, you've got the state local work. Where are you looking to grow in the future? Is it more on that uh, state local side or more on the federal side? More on the federal side. Again, my strategic plan is to leverage our past performance. I think uh, one when I first started, I went to one um, big four company and I was like, hey, can you help me out? And they were like, who are you? Um, and so they kicked me out and said, well, come back when you get, you know, I guess 10 or 20 uh, employees. And so now I'm coming back and saying, hey, you told me to come back. Here I am. So our, our growth uh, is to get into defense. You do 20 years in the military. It's kind of like you need to be in defense. <laughs> My whole life is about defense. So. Right. Um, so trying to get in there, leveraging our agency, our civilian agency work to come into that, working with partners who are who are actively doing it and just trying to um, demonstrate uh, and, and get out there to promote our business and say we can we can support as well. And who are your other federal partners Part that you're working with? Yes, we've done work with the Small Business Administration, the Federal Transit, the Federal Aviation Administration, um, National Science Foundation, um, Corporation for National Community Service. Uh, and we actually have a small contract with West Point. Okay, that sounds like a pretty good track record yeah. uh, you've got there. Uh, and so the next step is getting into uh, probably larger, bigger defense contracts. Absolutely. But it sounds like the strategy is to come in as a as a sub right. uh, on a larger. And are you finding at now uh, that uh, some of the bigs are looking for part teaming partners uh, in these areas? Because I mean, we're going to get back to this talent management uh, discussion, but they're having talent management uh, challenges as well. And uh, so as much as they can uh, team up with partners who have uh, individuals with the skill sets that they need, uh, looks sounds like they're trying to leverage those. Well, we sure hope so. Um, as you indicated, it's not going away. It doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And so at the end of the day, you know, um, as the Army girl, you know, you got to get the mission done. And so maybe this creates opportunities for for firms that, you know, would not necessarily be considered to be considered now. Right. Any unique challenges that you've uh, seen in the federal sector, you know, as you, as you entered into it, that uh, you've been able to overcome and, uh, you know, you're looking at a, uh, you know, not, not being challenges in the future as you get into larger defense work. Each agency has got its own nuances. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to understand, you know, again, just I, I always go back to the mission. If you understand the mission and you and you bring, you know, that solution, then someone will listen. Right. Because ultimately it's all about the mission. Right. So. That's what we try to keep, well, that's what I try to keep um, our, our firm's eye on, is looking at the mission. How can we penetrate that? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. We were just talking about that this morning as well, that within defense, each of the military services has its own culture, and within federal government, each agency has its own culture. And learning that is uh, really half the battle. Once you figure that out, you figure out how they operate, uh, then you can help solve their uh, their problems or challenges. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. You're listening to the Business of Defense with my guest, Salome Tinker from TSC Enterprise. We'll be right back. The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. 
Welcome back to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. I'm talking with Salome Tinker, partner at TSC Enterprise. TSC is comprised of experienced CPAs and employees committed to a solutions-based mindset, intent on supporting their customers and running their business smoothly. Let's dive right back in. Salome, you mentioned that uh, you served uh, in the military. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your military service? Ironically, I served 20 years as an Army nurse. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I uh, switched over uh, to uh, accounting after uh, getting injured. Um, I, uh, it was during the time when um, AIDS were rampant and I accidentally got stuck with a needle. And so I said, you know, I, I, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so numbers have always been my thing. So I, I switched over, went to school at night while I was working at Walter Reed here in, in D.C. in the daytime. And so fortunate to get an intern with Deloitte. And then uh, that started my, my CPA career. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, given that military background, and it's interesting, you made the transition from a nurse uh, to accounting, financial management, CPA. Um, well, how do you think that helps you, uh, you know, with that background, uh, understanding your customers' needs uh, or their requirements? Yeah, I mean, the medical field and consulting is very similar. You mm. don't, someone comes into the hospital, you don't know what's wrong with them. You have to, you know, kind of uh, do a diagnostic or, uh, you know, a triage to figure out what the problem is. And so I've taken those, uh, those tools and leveraged them over in the business sector to kind of, again, do a diagnostic, figure out what's the problem so that we can offer the best solution. Now, how does that also affect the culture you're trying to develop uh, within TSE? Our culture is simply that we're family. If we care as much about our customers as we care about our family, then everybody will be served. Right, and you know we, we mentioned in the beginning you're a minority-owned uh, small business, and I want to make sure we talk about uh, let's dive right and talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. and your thoughts on that, and uh, what you see uh, in the federal space, uh, this consulting space, and within your own company and in the finance accounting profession. Sure. Currently, as of date, only three percent of all CPAs are minority in the uh, social economic classification of black. So within that. There's no statistics that currently talk about how many firms have are, are African-American. And so when you're looking at the space, I, I think there's an, there's an opportunity to kind of to leverage and, and to help. Uh, diversity and inclusion always is focused on getting the employee to the next step. And we thank you for getting us, at least me and Deloitte, for allowing me the opportunity to, to, to learn the craft. But now I've grown up, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a firm, and so I would, would love to see some of that same effort um, trying to help the incoming student as to also help the minority firm to grow um, and learn. Why do you think uh, you know, the, the numbers are so low to begin with, though, you know, that, that 3% uh, you know, that, that are coming out of academia and, and even getting into the profession? Why do you think, is it uh, influencers? Is it just a lack of awareness of the opportunities, maybe? Um, I think uh, at inception, um, African-Americans came into the profession uh, with open arms around the 80s. So I think it's just a catch-up. I think we're kind of like the first or second generation who have even made it to the, you know, to a substantial partner level to then go out and do your own thing. So it's just a matter of just catching up. Right. Um, But overall, outside of uh, minorities, the the profession in general has taken a, a huge decline. And I do think it's about um, trying to get the word out, get 
you know, we need to do a better job of advertising our profession. And I know uh, on that point, uh, you're going to be uh, hosting an event along with the National Association of Black Accountants mm -hmm. uh, next month. And uh, unfortunately, you've invited ASMC to be part of that. Can you talk a little bit about that event and what you're hoping to get out of that? Yeah, from the federal procurement side, I, I think uh, the uh, office of the White House uh, issued a, a, a report that says that in federal procurement, only 2.7 of all small firms are black. And so now you're cutting a slice of specifically looking in the, the finance and accounting space. Well, how many firms are there in this type of, uh, in our field? And so what we were trying to do is just again, to bring some outreach to, to show there are a lot of firms out there that have, that, that have a, a very substantial accounting practice, maybe in the state space or in their local municipalities. Uh, 20 to 30 employees um, that they have that, you know, may be able to leverage uh, this federal space. And so it's more of awareness to say, hey, if you didn't know we were out here, certainly this is an opportunity for both of us to collaborate. Again, at the end of the day, we're trying to get the mission done. Everybody is, is having a staffing shortage. Um, and so if we can just introduce ourselves and 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 and, and to let, a, let firms know we're out here, then maybe there could be a, a a breakthrough of collaboration. And what are you doing to uh, to try to recruit uh, more minority CPAs? Uh, are there you know certain efforts that you're undertaking, either in, in schools or with other firms, to, to to bring them on board? Yes, within the uh, National Association of Black Accountants, there's a subgroup of diverse organizational firms, and that's representing the firm aspect of the association. We have relationships with Becker. Uh, where we're going into uh, historically underserved uh, colleges and trying to speak, uh, get to the core of the students where they lie, even reaching back as far as high school because nowadays there's so many things. We, we're competing with, you could just wake up and turn a camera on <laughs> yep. and, and sell some deodorant and make money. So um, who wants to be an account when you can be an um, influencer? Right. Um, and so there, there's so many things that, you know, that's driving kids out of college. Uh, you can uh, be IT, IT, learn how to code. I mean, some of the coders don't need degrees. And just, just trying to uh, develop a marketing effort to go and, and reach those. And, and, and I think that's across the board, not necessarily from the minority uh, space, but also uh, I think um, the larger firms are also doing the same thing. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I think that the accounting finance profession, there is an issue with the narrative uh, behind what we do. A lot of people think it's just, you know, tax and audit. Uh, you go on site, uh, you pull samples uh, for a couple of weeks, then you go back and write a report, and then you go back out and you pull samples again. It is much more dynamic than that these days, and it's uh, uh, much more tech-related. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not sure that the profession has done a good job explaining that to the early careerists or the, uh, the uh, uh, men and women who are in college to understand all the possibilities in this. What, what uh, any specific recommendations that you would have uh, for government, academia, or even associations on how we can help support uh, these efforts? Yeah, we certainly have to, um, again, just more programming, uh, going out and maybe uh, as we do, we go into the, to the classroom um, and, and, and give our presentations to say, hey, we're a minority firm, this is what we do, you know, this is exciting. <laughs> you know, we have to put the excitement back into, the, you know, into it. And, and just, again, just provide, I think the, the first person who reached the, the child gets the child, if you will. And so to the extent we can, I mean, even going back um, as middle school, teaching them about the budget and finance, right? Just getting them excited about, you know, the whole aspects of that. 
And then also leveraging our technology. I mean, we have artificial intelligence right now. And right. so getting them to understand, you know, you can go in and design a program that will help, you know, over risk management, put a bot um, in a robotics process automation or something. So you can, you, you know, there are ways that we can make it, um, I call it sound sexy. Right. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the Chat GPT four yep. passed the Uniform CPA exam just a few months ago, and I hope that doesn't send the wrong message. Like, we don't need uh, accounting and finance professionals anymore because we're going to have AI that does that for us. Um, I like to say it's augmented intelligence, not artificial. That you're still going to need a human in the loop, um, yep. understanding the output uh, from that. And I think that's a challenge um, in our field as well as uh, fields uh, across the board. Uh, you know, will it replace us uh, or um, but again, it's just a retooling of thought, right? So uh, while it will make our work efficient, um, then maybe the one, the person who, to your point, you got to have a touch point in it. Uh, Chat GPT lies, <laughs> but so you need a touch point to uh, to do the reasonableness test, right? right. Um, and then also uh, garbage in is garbage out. So again, that thought process to kind of put those um, those uh, position points in to come out with the best solution. Right. Now. You this whole discussion uh, it comes down to you, you've reached the point where you become a mentor for a lot of people yeah. uh, in this uh, in the community. What? Uh, uh, who are your mentors? Who helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, um, I have. Uh, I always. Uh, it was very dark when I started because, as you, as I said, nobody wanted to let me in, and so the tunnel was dark. So I did find some lights at the end of the tunnel, and I just kept following the lights. Uh, Creative Business Solutions uh, uh, is a joint venture mentor uh, through an SBA uh, uh, partnership, IFAS, uh, Tabitha Terman, um, uh, who who also was a, a light at the end of the tunnel, as well as um, I have mentors like uh, Bill Hughes at Cone Resnick um, that that uh, I I look to and support uh, uh, Paul Leonk is at, at Cotton. So uh, you know, again, leveraging these relationships because at the end of the day, people do business who they know, like, and trust. Right. Um, and so, um, I, I, again, when I took a step in back and did a self-evaluation, I said, well, you know what, these people don't know me. Why would they give me anything? And so, um, again, just trying to show, you know, demonstrate our, our work ethic and demonstrate that we're in it, you know, as a team, as a viable solution. And, and at the end of the day, it's about, again, serving the customer. And so that's what we try to do. So what, uh, what last piece of advice would you give uh, for a young man or woman, uh, you know, minority, um, who was thinking about uh, you know coming into this uh, line of work? Right, federal procurement, and like any other thing, you you, you got to put in the work. Um, you can't just wake up and say I want to own a firm, and you know, and can you give me um, you know a contract? Uh, no, it doesn't work like that. You got to put in the work. You, it's like anything else. You have to study the craft, right? If you want to get into an agency, you need to study the agency. Um, if you want to um, uh, get into a company, you need to study the company. You need to find a penetration point. And, and it might not be, they say, you know, sometimes it, the relationship might need to grow, you know, up to 18, 24 months, but don't give up. Uh, and just keep your head down and, and just keep driving. Sound advice for anybody in business. Yep. <laughs> I'd like to thank today's guest, Salome Tinker, partner at TSC Enterprise, for her insights on TSC strategy, competition, and talent management, and also some of the challenges she and her team have been confronted with as a minority-owned small business. Watch the Business of Defense next month, where we bring you inside the companies working to drive change in the defense sector, to hear directly from their business leaders and understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. And check out ASMC's website at asmconline.org, 
where you can find more information on upcoming events and programs, including discussions on PPBE reform, our data analytics and decision support virtual conference, and our update to the Certified Defense Financial Manager Certification. I am Rich Brady, CEO of the American Society of Military Comptrollers. You are listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search ASMC. Thank you for listening to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network.